0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. On the CBS News Weekend Roundup. Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Key segment, where every week we discuss issues including race. This time we're talking about the case of Brittany Watts. She's the black Ohio woman charged with a felony after having a miscarriage at home. Watts ultimately was not indicted, but her case raises huge questions about health care, policing, and the risk of women in similar circumstances after Roe v. Wade was overturned. We warn you, some of what you're about to hear is very graphic. Her attorney, Tracy Timko, joined us to discuss it and how Watts reacted when she learned she was no longer facing prison. I
1: call her. We had no advance notice that that's what was going to happen. So as soon as I find out, I call her. She answers the phone. And I said, no, Bill. And there was this moment of she was completely silent and then this shriek and it immediately made me cry. It was so emotional. You could just feel all this relief of emotion from her. Like you could just feel her. The way she's described it since then is it felt like the weight of the world was lifted in that moment. And I've said, and I could hear it happening in just that silence followed by that shriek.
0: Tracy, I've got to ask you briefly for people that somehow have not seen the coverage of this. What actually happened? She was pregnant. She went to a hospital because she was bleeding. And then unfortunate things happened there, right? Can you describe what, what happened? She went three times, right? Sure. Yes, she
1: did. So she was uh, about 20 weeks pregnant. Uh, they actually determined ultimately 21 weeks, five days to be exact. But she goes to her doctor. She believed she had miscarried. She was bleeding heavily, uh, passing large clots. She thought she miscarried. She gets to her doctor's office and the doctor says, you haven't miscarried yet, but it's inevitable. You're going to. She tells Brittany that the fetus is not viable, that there was a premature rupture of her membranes and that she believed that she had a partial placental abruption and that they needed to induce that the doctor was recommending that they induce delivery, uh, for Brittany's well-being but that Brittany needed to understand that the fetus was not viable and wouldn't survive. She was there she got there around 11 a.m around 5 p.m she tells them uh, that she is gonna leave the hospital she said you're not doing anything for me she was very anxious alienated Very upset uh, that nothing was happening. They told her that they were working on it, tried to convince her to stay. She's there another two hours, and at 7 p.m., out of frustration, anger, fear, uh, anxiety, she signs herself out against medical advice and goes home. She said, At that point, I knew that the outcome was that I wasn't going to have my baby. My baby was going to die, and they're not doing anything for me. So she goes home. She continues to bleed. That concerns her. The following day, she goes back to the hospital saying, I I do need to be here. She's there for quite some time. Still, she isn't being treated in any way. She again gets upset. At the lack of treatment, Uh, she also felt that they were, in her words, judging her. Um, And she leaves the hospital again.
0: Then the third day happens.
1: Third day happens. She goes into full-blown labor at home. Uh, She is having serious cramping, lots of pain, pain. She goes into the bathroom. She believes that she has to have a bowel movement, and she ends up miscarrying into the toilet at home. When she miscarries, she is distraught. She is terrified. She's in pain, and there's a mess. There's blood everywhere. She is trying to figure out how to clean it up what she needs to do. She gets into the shower attempting to clean herself up. She's not able to see anything in the toilet because it was filled to the brim with um, all of the things that accompany a delivery. So she doesn't see anything specific in the toilet, but a toilet full of blood and tissue and, uh, you know, just a mess. She attempts to flush the toilet, The toilet does not flush, it backs up. She gets a bucket to take some of the water and things that are in the toilet out of the toilet with the bucket. She puts that bucket outside, continues to try to clean up, not to a whole lot of avail. She leaves to, uh, she changes clothes a few times She puts on four Depends that were at her house, and she goes to a previously scheduled appointment. And when she gets there, the woman there tells her she looks awful, asks her if she feels okay. She says she's bleeding heavily, and then she goes to the hospital. Wow. Once she gets to the hospital, the nurse there Brittany uh, says that the nurse is rubbing her shoulder, telling her everything's going to be okay. The nurse calls 911 and reports that she's got a mother there who miscarried at home and came in without the fetus, and she's asking for the police to respond.
0: What on earth was going through her mind at that point? She's just gone through this horrible traumatic thing.
1: Yeah, she was, she was terrified. She was, what the nurse told her, and this is in her medical records, uh, they said, you're not in any trouble. We're sending the police over there. When they asked her if, if she brought the fetus with her and she said she didn't, they said, we're sending the police over there because it's a biohazard and Brittany took it to be that and didn't think much more of it. Well, then there's a detective standing next to her bedside uh, questioning her. And she says, and the detective told her she wasn't in any trouble. And she recounts the events in full detail uh, again for him at the same time, she had her cell phone and she has uh, cameras, home cameras, security cameras, That and it dings to her phone. So she hears her phone dinging. She looks at her phone and she sees uniformed police officers at her residence and can see that her mom is sitting in the garage of the house with these uniformed officers there. She was really upset at that point. Uh to, to see all of it. And still, she said she was so confused. She had no idea why. She said, I didn't understand why they keep telling me I'm not in any trouble. I know I didn't do anything wrong. Yet there's a detective standing next to me. The detective and the nurse kept stepping away from her bed to go out and talk in the hallway and then coming back into her room she said it was making me very uncomfortable and then i didn't understand all of these police officers at my house
0: she's so she's at the hospital the detective's there the nurse is there they're going back and forth out in the hall talking and they didn't charge her then right they did they send her home or did they or did they put handcuffs on her at the hospital
1: they so she ended up that was a Friday. She was in the hospital, she was in the hospital until Monday. She got out of the hospital, and it was about a week later a, or a little more than a week later that the detective called her house and uh. Her, Her mom answered the phone and the detective told her mom that there was a warrant for Brittany's arrest and that he was going to come pick her up to take her to court. So her mom went in her bedroom, woke her up and said, the police are coming because there's a warrant for your arrest. They came and picked her up. They handcuffed her, put her in the police car and drove her to court.
0: So let me ask a couple of questions. And I know that you're her, her attorney, right? First yes. of all, yes. they, they charged her with abuse of a corpse when she had had a miscarriage. Yes. Is is a miscarriage illegal under Ohio's law? And what is abuse of a, of a corpse? And does a miscarriage fall under that?
1: The answer is miscarriage is not illegal. And it And it does not fit abuse of a corpse. That was my issue all along with this charge. Under Ohio law, abuse of a corpse says that you cannot treat a human corpse in a way that would, quote, outrage reasonable community sensibilities And my issues, there were two of them. Number one, fetal remains do not, are not, that's not a corpse. The problem under Ohio law is that the term corpse isn't specifically defined. But when you go to the general meaning of corpse, it's a human body. Throughout the Ohio revised code, fetal remains are defined very distinctly from a human body fetal remains are referred to rather than as a body as a product of human conception so number one my argument was this isn't a corpse and number two attempting to flush fetal remains that were miscarried does not outrage reasonable community sensibilities It outrages people who do not understand the reality of miscarriage. This happens all the time. In the medical world, unless there's a serious threat to mother's health, they send women home to miscarry regularly. They refer to it as expectant management. They don't send women home with body bags or little coffins or urns or expect them to have them cremated or buried it, it, they expect them to do what they need to do and women historically and as a practical matter have had to figure that out and miscarrying into a toilet and flushing the remains is they very real traumatic experience of so many women who have been in the same position.
0: Okay, Tracy, let me, let me jump in here because Brittany Watts is a black woman. And in all of the furor and discussion over this case, a lot of advocates have noted that this kind of thing affects mostly black, brown and poor women because they're more likely to call the police on such women who, according yes. to a lot of research, are often mistreated by medical personnel in the first place. Is that's what's happening here?
1: I think that's an absolute starting point. I think to say that there's one factor that put us here would ignore so many Other factors. The first problem we have is this delayed treatment and the fact that she left the hospital to begin with because the induction wasn't happening. And there's a reason behind all of that, most likely, and understand that the hospital has not spoken out at all. All I know is what we've been able to garner from medical records thus far. So, but from the medical standpoint, there. what we now know is that they were checking with medical ethics to see if they were permitted to induce in light of the fact this fetus was not viable. Ultimately, they were given the green light to proceed. But we start with this delayed treatment and this question as to whether or not you can perform this treatment for this woman whose health and life potentially relies on it. The next issue is that when she comes back to the hospital after miscarrying at home, the nurse is asking where the fetus is or where the baby is. And I think that's where race comes into play. I find it hard to believe that I, as a white married woman, would go into the hospital and say I just miscarried. I, I don't think they would ask me where the fetus is, but they did ask her that. And when she did not have the fetus with her, they called the police and in the medical record said it was because it was a biohazard. So by calling the police on a non-criminal matter, you're weaponizing the police. And now police who have no idea what miscarriage looks like, the testimony was the reason they charged it is because he felt, quote, toes in the toilet. And so that emotional response is what prompted the detective, to pursue a criminal complaint.
0: Tracy, let me let me jump in again here and ask you a question. What sure. does this case mean for other women in the nation with the laws such a patchwork of crazy, right, since Roe v. Wade was overturned? Does this put yeah. other women at risk of having to go through such a terribly traumatic thing?
1: I think what this case does is showcase the risk that women face. Brittany is not the first woman by any means to face criminal charges for abuse of a corpse in this situation. She received national attention for it, and the public found it to be outrageous, as they should. We hope and pray that her story is an impetus to change and that hospitals and police agencies get the education, the policies, and the legislation behind them so that this doesn't happen again.
0: You have said that a big issue behind this case is ignorance because as you okay. just said the police officer doesn't know what a miscarriage looks like does the general yep. public know do do politicians know is this a they a, absolutely don't know i think ignorance is the
1: biggest issue in this case quite honestly they don't understand that this is what it looks like and they don't understand that the fetal personhood debate is what lands us here you know I kept hearing from from people involved in this case saying I don't know why they're saying this is a row issue this is a miscarriage not an abortion
0: I've got to stop and ask you to define fetal personhood for those who don't know what that is
1: yeah. So fetal personhood is this concept of the rights of a fetus and at what point the fetus has rights and where those rights differ from the mother's rights as a, as a person. Um, and the fetal personhood argument has been, you know, historically, it viability has always been a line that defined fetal personhood rights. Um Sometimes we see that shifting now to the heartbeat laws and saying, as soon as there's a heartbeat, there's now this personhood to protect. But when you create this fetal Personhood, you really get into some gray areas that you can't untangle so easily. If a woman is four weeks pregnant and continuing a pregnancy is going to jeopardize her own life, if mom's life and fetus's life are on equal levels here, Does that mean mom must die because we can't save her life? So these are the issues that you start running into once you get into these fetal personhood issues. If a woman is a marathon runner and she runs, you know, 15 miles and she's, Eight weeks pregnant and it causes a miscarriage. Is she criminally responsible for that? We sure as heck would find that outrageous, I hope, but that's the reality of the fetal personhood issue when not carefully considered.
0: Tracy, let me ask you one brief question, because we're going into a presidential election and abortion rights is a big issue. The First Lady has invited uh, Kate Cox from Texas, the woman who wasn't allowed to have an abortion when she when her uh, fetus had fatal abnormalities. What would you like to hear briefly from the candidates on each side about what to do about this?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the Biggest problems we have is that this issue has been so politicized and that people take a stance, they think I'm an R and therefore I must believe um right to life, and there's no flexibility there, or I'm a D, and vice versa. And I think we have to get back to humanity. I think we have to get back to common sense. Brittany could have been. Any single one of us as women or our mothers, sisters, daughters, wives, it is not okay that we are letting women face death, serious physical health risks, jail over this issue, and The politicians need to make this a humanity issue, not a partisan issue.
0: That's attorney Tracy Temko.
1: If you like CBS News Roundup, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Viadaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.